Hello and welcome back into a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hits Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride from the Blue Wire Podcast Network, also writing for MileHighSports.com, which is where you can find this podcast posted in article form so you can get into it in a different way. I am going to dive into all sorts of stuff from the Nuggets 107 to 102 victory over the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix. The Nuggets are now 3-0 in postseason play and only have one more uh, preseason game left, and that will be against the Portland Trailblazers in Denver, their only home preseason game on Thursday. So we will have a lot of conversations leading up to that, of course, but for right now, we're going to get into what happened for this particular game. I'm going to talk about specifically Jeremy Grant and all of the things that he brought to the table. He had just an absolutely incredible night in his first ever start as a member of the Denver Nuggets. In addition to Jeremy Grant, Gary Harris really shook the rust off and looked like vintage Gary Harris in some ways and looked like a new and improved version of Gary Harris in others. So we'll talk about Gary Harris's growth, we'll talk about him shaking the rust off and what he can bring to the table if he is healthy and has a rhythm going into the season. Of course, we will also talk about Michael Porter Jr., It seems like you can't go anywhere in the Nuggets media world or Nuggets fans world or Twitter or social media without having a conversation about Michael Porter Jr. Of course, right now, the big conversation is that everybody wants him to start at small forward right away. Um, I'm not going to talk about why he isn't too extensively. I actually want to write on that in the future, probably after preseason ends. Um, But I do find it interesting about how the conversation has developed around him and how that compares to what he has actually shown on the court. Those are the three positive things we're going to talk about. There are also three negative things. Uh, No one has really separated themselves in the small forward battle for who is going to start at small forward, and that's troublesome. Uh, Will Barton has not shined in any massive or significant way. Torrey Craig had his big opportunity tonight and was really just kind of an afterthought. Wancho Hernan Gomez has seemingly fallen out of the race, and Michael Porter Jr. finally got his first minutes that weren't at the end of the third quarter or the fourth quarter. So the small forward battle does not seem to be going anywhere meaningful as of right now. I'll take some stock and try and get an idea of where people are at and talk about what they were able to do in this game against the Suns, but nothing was really that positive from that battle. We'll also talk about Jamal Murray. Um, There are a lot of people who have been saying that I have been too tough on Jamal Murray for what I have been seeing and what he has done during this preseason. Um, I'm going to talk about the things that I think he absolutely has to fix and things that he should have already fixed and things that are simply not as difficult to fix as it seems. So I want to talk about Jamal Murray and the struggles he has had, and we will finish it off with the fact that the Nuggets cannot stop turning the damn basketball over every five seconds. They now have 71 turnovers in three preseason in games. That is just under 24 turnovers a game. That is an issue. The Nuggets were significantly better last year at not turning the basketball over. So finding a way to not become a team that is just throwing the ball all over the court again is very important. And honestly, Michael Malone is going to implode if he continually watches his team turn the ball over so unnecessarily and so often. Um, but it's going to be a fun show. I'm excited to get into all these things. I think that this is probably the most meaningful preseason game so far. So we're going to get into some more concrete 
concrete narratives as opposed to just trying to speculate based off what has happened after two preseason games. So it'll be nice to get a little bit more of a concrete conversation. Before I go any further, I have to give some love to the Regulators Production Group. Without them, this podcast would not sound as good as it does. Their beats on the intro and outro and as transition music makes the show so much better, so much more professional. Make sure you go on to Instagram and reach out to the Regulators Production Group. They are at Regulators Regime on Instagram. Awesome at what they do. And for any audio production needs, make sure to give them a shout. They do a lot of work in this, um, whether it's a sports media industry, they've done some work with Bleacher Report, definitely worth your time. Um, We're going to take our first break and I will come back and talk about the positives from the Nuggets third preseason game. Selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. It's time-consuming, expensive, there are so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship all of your orders. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one single simple interface, making them very easy to manage from any device, even just your cell phone. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including the United States Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation has become the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk and you can start your free trial without even entering your credit card. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com and then enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Suns than Jeremy Grant, who had just honestly a magnificent game. This really was what everybody wanted to see from him and how impactful he can be for this Denver Nuggets team in terms of how they play as a team and what he can bring to the table as an individual. So first off, the dude had 22 points on eight shots. Like, that's absurd. He was like six of eight from the field and had 22 points. He was two of three from deep, hit all eight of his free throws, and then just threw in three steals for good measure. Um, it's just everything he did in this game, it was, he made the Nuggets deadly in so many different facets of the game. On offense, he was hitting threes in space in the floor. You have to defend Jeremy Grant on the perimeter. If the if teams continually leave him open as the one player that they're going to allow beat them, he is going to hit open threes. I am just completely convinced of that. Additionally, he was attacking the rim. He was using his ability 
to hit threes, to get defenders, to close out to him too intense, and then he is attacking those closeouts, getting to the rim, and finishing. So his ability to get downhill and to play from the perimeter is extremely useful for this Denver Nuggets offense. On top of that, he's now apparently busting out off the dribble pull-ups on the baseline in just absurdly difficult twisting and turning fadeaway baseline jumpers off the bounce. That is not something that even I thought he could do. I'm as high on him for what he can bring to the table in terms of skills that have not been shown yet. I believe he is a much better passer than he has shown. I know that his handles are better than he's been able to show, and I think his mid-range game is improving as well. But when you talk about running a dribble handoff as the wing player with Mason Plumley taking two dribbles to the baseline and pulling up and spinning your body away from the baseline while hitting an 18-foot jumper, that's absurd. Players his size do not do that. Players who are as dominant as he can be defensively do not do that. Players with his length and apparently should not have his coordination to be able to do that. He is just going to continually grow more and more in this Nuggets system and I cannot wait to see where he ends up by the end of the season and that's only on offense you start talking about defense he's defending five positions he's blocking shots he's grabbing steals he's constantly being disruptive and on top of that the Nuggets are putting him on the opposing team's best player so now you have a guy who is spacing the floor for you better than any power four the Nuggets have had ever since Nikola Jokic has been in Denver you have the most versatile defender Nikola Jokic has ever played with that's not named Paul Millsap. You have a guy who can really play on in any kind of scheme and any kind of lineup with this Nuggets team. And then you also have the benefit of the fact that he makes this Nuggets team so much more lethal in transition. His ability to grab rebounds, push the break himself, make plays for teammates, or just attack the rim is huge. I mean, the Nuggets were not a fast team. I believe they were 27th in pace last year. Having the ability to turn defense into offense, which is something Michael Malone has always loved. He's always wanted his team to do more of that. Jeremy Grant is going to bring that in droves. His ability to block shots, grab rebounds, push the break, make the easy pass, relocate to the corner and then hit a corner three or keep the ball moving. He is so good in that transition setting. So I, it's so hard for me not to get too excited just because he fits perfectly in every single way that I could possibly think of. Unless he either gets hurt, suddenly forgets how to shoot a basketball or is not able to defend or block shots. It takes something that drastic for him not to be a perfect fit on this Nuggets team. Everything he does is exactly what the Nuggets need, and he knows exactly what his role is. I'm just stunned about, like, I, I knew they were going to fit perfectly, but you're talking, you hit the ground running with a player who has never played with this group of guys before and is pl and is just now getting used to Nikola Jokic, and they're able to go out there and just absolutely do whatever he wants and impact the game in so many ways and that's without talking about his versatility he can play with any lineup he can play with the bench with the starters he can mesh the two he can play three different positions offensively small forward power forward and center he just does so many things for this Nuggets team and the more and more he plays the more and more we see just how good he actually is
But he was not the only player who was able to shine against the Suns. Uh, Gary Harris, after struggling in the first couple games of the preseason, which again, this is a guy who is still fighting back from injury last year, who was not 100% in the playoffs. He's still getting his rhythm back. But this was the game where it felt like Gary Harris shook off the rust. This was the game where you saw vintage Gary Harris. He had 18 points on 6 of 10 shooting. He went 2 of 4 from 3-point range, had 2 rebounds, 2 assists, and then a steal for good measure. He was attacking the rim like a psychopath. This is the new and improved version of Gary Harris's game. He could get downhill and he can kill guys with his power game, but he's also adding an in-between game where he's hitting floaters and learning how to add that to his game. So the fact that he can get downhill so ferociously, but also had the finesse in the mid-range, but still be the lethal three-point shooter that he has always been, he is now looking much more like a three-level scorer than he ever has before. And that is going to make him so much more difficult to guard. It's going to make the Nuggets so much more difficult to guard. The other thing is that he was, again, just very, very strong on defense. That's expected with Gary Harris. That is a part of his identity as a player, but he's getting there to the point to where he can lock people down again. And I'm very curious to see how his defensive end of the floor continues to improve throughout the year as he physically gets prepared for an NBA season. Um, the last thing I want to say about Gary Harris is, man, how much better is this Nuggets team going to be if they have 39% three-point shooter Gary Harris, who is locking up guards on the perimeter, is knowing his role, and also is able to add in that three levels of scoring on top of it. The Nuggets just continually look like they have so many avenues to become so much more deadly as a unit and Gary Harris getting back to the player that he was is absolutely one of the most important developments that could put the Nuggets over the top in ways that really most people did not expect so overall another just it's great to see not another it's great to see Gary Harris legitimately improve and get back to the player that he has always been the last positive thing I want to talk about before taking our last break and diving into the negative things afterwards is Michael Porter Jr. Uh, again, I've talked so much about Michael Porter Jr. and I'm going to talk so much more about him. I'll end up writing so much more about him throughout the next, you know, probably the entire season. But once again, he looks so much more comfortable than he did in his first game and his second game. He has continually grown and just looked like he belongs more and more each time he steps on the floor. And this time, he did not play just one single stint. In the first game, he played from the four-minute mark of the third quarter until the end of the game, 16 minutes straight. The second game, he played the entire fourth quarter, 12 minutes straight. In this game, he played two 10-minute stints, one in the first quarter going into the second quarter and then one in the third quarter going into the fourth quarter. That, to me, is it shows the Nuggets are putting more faith in him and that they are willing to rely on him a little bit more. It shows me that the Nuggets are not as worried about his body, that they're willing to let him sit down, get cold, get warmed up again, and then go back out into the game. And it also tells me that he is gaining notoriety within this Nuggets um within the Nuggets franchise. He is becoming a guy that the coaching staff is going to continually want to play more and more minutes. Of course, everybody is calling for Michael Porter Jr. to start. He's not ready. I'm going to say that right now. Michael Porter Jr. is not ready to start day one as the starting small forward of a contending Nuggets team. It's just not in the cards, in my opinion. Yes, he's looked great for 37 minutes in the preseason, but he's a rookie. He's played 37 minutes in the past two years, and it's only been in the preseason. 
Everybody is getting too far ahead of the curve. He is going to have to earn it. He is not going to be handed anything. And the only way he is going to fight his way under the starting unit is if he makes it impossible for the Nuggets to start anybody else. And that could happen. I'm not going to sit here and say he's not going to start at some point. He is not going to start day one. I just do not see a circumstance where that's actually going to happen or if it even makes sense. So I wanted to start with that. Yes, he has been the best small forward of all four starting small forward candidates. There is no denying that. He's been better than Will Barton, better than Torrey Craig, and better than Wancho Hernan Gomez in all of the games he has played. There is absolutely no way of getting around that exact factual statement, but he is not ready. And the Nuggets are not going to give him that starting spot from the jump. I just do not see that being a situation that is even on the table. So... That's my quick little rant, but let's talk about the fact that he has done everything that Michael Malone has asked him to do. Michael Malone pointed out three specific things that he wanted Michael Porter Jr. to buy into this season, and that is defense, rebounding, and off-ball scoring, learning how to be an off-ball player and not point at the ball in his hands. Through three preseason games, he has checked all of those boxes. That's not to say he has been perfect. He has absolutely not been perfect. But the effort, the intent, the awareness, and the buy-in has unequivocally been checked off, in my opinion. On defense tonight, I think there is no better way to explain what I'm trying to say than how Torrey Craig played defense against the Suns tonight. Torrey Craig had... I would say three or four legitimate slip-ups where he either got flat-footed and a player blew by him on the perimeter or he just didn't take the right angle or wasn't shading them correctly and they let um, offensive players, opposing offensive players, get by him. On multiple occasions, I'm talking three different occasions, he was able to recover by using an extreme effort and actually either contest or block shots using his physical ability. That tells me that, yes... He is still growing defensively, which is absolutely a part of this equation that it's going to take time, but he cares. He is dedicated to being an impactful defender, and he is taking pride in what he is doing. If your defender gets by you and you're a rookie, so many times in the NBA, the speed is so fast they just let these guys go because they can't get back to, to catch up with them. Michael Porter Jr. has the physical gifts to recover and have that kind of ability to save plays that he may have messed up earlier. He is doing everything that he can do to be able to impact the game defensively in a positive way and he is doing it regardless of the circumstances it doesn't matter if he's struggling it does not matter if it's his fault that there's a guy at the at the rim it does not matter if it's weak side rim protection it doesn't matter he is doing whatever he can to be a positive influence on the defensive end of the floor and I think one of the biggest reasons that he can be so impactful is one like I said just earlier he can make up for mistakes thanks to his incredible length athletic ability and closing speed the other thing he can do is the Nuggets defense what they do is they like to hedge pick and rolls a lot what that means is since the guards have trouble getting over the screen to contain the, the ball handler the big who is also getting screened or who is coming in to the screening action is jumping up the floor to help contain the guard which means that the big man who is setting the screen on the opposing team usually has a pretty free open roll to the basket for an easy bucket. So what needs to happen is the weak side needs to rotate over to make sure it's hard to catch the ball and that he catches it far away from the hoop. Michael Porter Jr. has done that multiple times. He has noticed that he needs to rotate and gets over there. Additionally, he is noticing that when the rotation happens away from him and that all of a sudden there's a three-point shooter who is open and is receiving the pass, 
pass, he is flying out to the perimeter to and using his closeout ability to disrupt shots. There were two different wide open three pointers that well, at least looked wide open until Michael Porter Jr. took two steps, leaped, and contested the shot and swallowed all space around him like he was the black hole in Fortnite. Like he has the ability to just completely blot out the sun with his length, his ability to leap, and how quick he is on a first step. And he showed that again on defense, and that is so important. And again, when you're that dedicated, when you are clearly putting this much effort towards being an impactful defender, despite the fact that defense has been entirely optional for him his entire basketball career before getting to the NBA, it speaks volumes about his maturity and his understanding of his way to get minutes. This is, of course, to say it's only been three preseason games. All of a sudden, 15 games in the regular season, he's not getting the minutes he wants, and he's playing Michael Porter Jr.'s way again. That is absolutely on the table. But he deserves the credit for what he has done so far. Let's move on to the rebounding portion of this. Again, Michael Malone challenged Michael Porter Jr. to be an impactful rebounder on both ends of the floor. And he has lived up to that. He is gunning to the glass on the offensive end of the floor consistently. He had two offensive rebounds in this game against the Suns, but he also created two other offensive rebounds just by being active at the rim when his shot goes up. He had a volleyball tip, tip, tip to where it ended up in one of his teammates' hands, and then a couple just great box outs or using his length over smaller defend or, or over smaller players who are trying to box him out. He is doing whatever he can to be impactful as a rebounder as well. He ended up with five boards in this game in 20 minutes, but that number could have easily been eight or nine. He was really doing what he could to battle on the boards and make his presence felt on the glass. And the last thing is off-ball scoring. He had multiple buckets as a cutter where he was just putting himself and making himself available at the rim off-ball. He had a three-pointer he hit as the trailer in transition, which was beautiful. He stepped into that shot, already prepared to shoot it with confidence, rose up and just drilled it. And... He's really finding ways to hit shots off the catch, even if it is with movement, even if he's taking an extra step. So the fact that he's learning how to score off ball, that he is attacking their glass relentlessly on both ends of the floor and has dedicated himself to defense, there is nothing more, in my opinion, that you can ask from Michael Porter Jr. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether like I had a long day at work or sorry honey I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication it is simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with the doctor to take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day 
shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. because there were three things in my opinion that did not go well for the Nuggets in different you know in different ways um the first one is Jamal Murray which I want to talk about in a good amount of time because first of all people have been saying that I've been too hard on Jamal Murray which may be fair again I am not the smartest person in the room I am not the end-all be-all of conversations I am wrong probably more often than I am right I do my best and I really try and be informed and stay up with things but this is basketball this is not a science there's not an equation there's not any right answer so I wanted to explain where I'm coming from with this because when I look at Jamal Murray and what he does for this Nuggets team He is either taking away from what makes them great, or he is adding gasoline to the fire of what makes them great. So you never really know which one you're going to get. When Jamal Murray is passing up open three-point looks to step into highly contested mid-range looks after taking multiple dribbles before even running the dribble handoff, it's going to be a negative reflection of what he is doing for his team. The Nuggets don't need Jamal Murray to be Trey Young. That is not how they are built. That's not what they do. It's not even Jamal Murray's game. You don't want him just dancing around. He's not Kyrie Irving, that's fine. Jamal Murray brings so many incredible talents to the t- to the floor. And this is the thing. He did do a lot of good things in this game. He had eight rebounds. He had six assists. He was really filling up the rest of the box score beyond just being a scorer. And then he blew up in the second quarter as a very efficient scorer for just that one quarter until struggling in the third quarter just like he did in the first. So... My thing with Jamal is that when he's bad, he is negatively impacting the rest of the players around him in a more impactful way, I guess, than the rest of the players do when they're playing negatively. Um, Jamal Murray is just the most, he's the swing player. When he plays well, the Nuggets are borderline unbeatable. When he plays bad, the Nuggets have a very glaring issue on the court at every given moment. So... For me, I'm always going to have extremely high expectations because Jamal Murray simply has to become a particular type of player to fit with this team to get the most out of him. And if he doesn't, he is going to be actively taking away from what makes the Nuggets great. When you have Nikola Jokic and Gary Harris and then Will Barton, who's multifaceted, or a Torrey Craig or a Jeremy Grant or a Michael Porter Jr., dribbling the ball for a long period of time or taking extremely contested mid-range looks is almost all Always going to be the wrong play. And Jamal Murray has just simply done too much of that. He's still dribbling himself into turnovers. If I remember correctly, he only had two turnovers in this game, so it's not necessarily like he is out here just bleeding possessions. Um, Oh, I take that back. He had four turnovers. That's not good. But he was dribbling himself into bad situations. He was making careless turnovers. He was passing up good shots for bad shots. He wasn't a defensive stalwart like the Nuggets need. And he really was only able to score well in one quarter, which is why he was 6 of 16 from the field. If you're only only going to be if you're going to have six assists to four turnovers you're going to miss 10 of your 16 shots and you're going to be a negative defensively there are going to be people like me who look at the game and are telling are basically just saying out loud that this is not going to work for the nuggets best version of themselves so 
in my opinion, Jamal Murray absolutely has to change his shot selection. I think that he can do that. I think it might happen very quickly. He might be using the preseason to try and advance his game in different ways. So um, this isn't even to say that Jamal Murray is purposely doing this, but he needs to stop taking bad shot or stop passing up good shots for bad shots. He needs to find a way to stop turning the ball over. He is turning the ball over in extremely unnecessary ways consistently, and that has to stop. The Nuggets cannot become a team like they were two years ago that just turns the ball over way too often they don't have the transition defense and they don't have um, the pace really to make up for those kinds of miscues uh, so for me, that those are issues. Those are big, big issues that he needs to figure out, and he hasn't been consistent. The Nuggets have hammered the idea of consistency with Jamal Murray, and he has shown absolutely no consistency in the preseason so far. Again, it's the preseason. All of this could change in literally two games, in the next preseason game and the opener, and this whole conversation could shift entirely. This is just going off of the sample size that we have. So that's how I feel about his game. Uh, yes, and it's really important that he impacted the game in multiple ways. Grabbing eight rebounds is great. Having six assists is great. The fact that he was flirting with the triple-double is great. But he needs to stay consistent. He had five rebounds and five, assi five assists in the first quarter. Finished with eight rebounds and six assists. He scored, I believe, 12 of his what was it, 16 points, 14 points in the second quarter and did not get the rest of it throughout the rest of the game. So that's, those are the consistency issues he has to iron out and the easiest way to do it is fixing his shot selection and just slowing down and not trying to make these ridiculous passes. He tried to thread a pass to Nikola Jokic in the post through three players where there literally wasn't even enough room for a basketball to fit and he got bailed out by a kickball but you look at it and you're like, why? Why would you throw that pass? There's just no reason. Take a step back, let the offense reset, create a better angle, get the ball to him. He needs to figure these things out for the Nuggets to be the best version of themselves. And he is. And from what we have seen through three preseason games, he has not been able to figure that out yet. Um, he did finally hit, a, hit, hit his first three-pointer of the preseason, which is great to see. Um, but we'll have to just wait and see how Jamal Murray looks as things go along. Because as things currently stand, he did not look that great in my opinion. The next negative in my mind has to be the small forward battle because no one has really separated themselves from the pack in any meaningful way. Will Barton does seem to be the odds on favorite by a pretty big amount. Um, started three or he started, you know, he's played more small forward with the starters than any other candidate who was competing for the job. Wancho Hernan Gomez has seemingly fallen out of the race entirely. Torrey Craig did not have a good showing in this game. He was one of five from the field, badly overshot a corner three that he had. He seemed to be forcing a couple shots, um, was still a good rebounder, still tons of energy, still battled defensively. Um, but he just wasn't able to impact the game in a way that separated him from the pack. He had three assists. He had three rebounds. He was, able to do some good things in this game he just did not stand out in any meaningful way and when you're going to be a negative on offense like this and you're not going to stand out in a big way defensively it's hard for him to separate himself from the pack will barton was also rough i believe he was three of ten from the field in this game and just again did not make an impact on the game you don't really remember will barton being in this game he had one good finish at the rim but missed a couple bunnies again um going on from that wancho was okay but he only got one shot up and has not been a defensive star 
power that he that or just a defender of any kind that he needs to be to elevate himself into this conversation. Michael Porter Jr. has absolutely been the best small forward out of these players so far. There is no arguing that. Michael Porter Jr. has proven more, shown more, and has been more consistent and has been more productive throughout three preseason games than any of the other three names. But again, like I said earlier in this podcast, he does not seem to be ready to start at small forward yet. I don't think it's the best option for Michael Porter Jr. himself or for the Nuggets. He's just not ready to start yet. So that's not good. The Nuggets don't have a clear view. I'm guessing Will Barton right now is in the lead. I don't want to say by default because he brings so much to the table. He is a very, very good player. But in terms of what they've been able to show in preseason play so far, there's no one who stood out. It just has not been there. And that is going to be a worry for the Nuggets as they enter their final preseason game on Thursday against the Blazers. The last negative thing I want to talk about before we get out of here is the fact that the Nuggets have 71 damn turnovers in three games. That is just under 20 24 turnovers a game. Michael Malone is going to implode if the Nuggets do not figure this out. He looked like he was going to pull his hair out on the sidelines today despite the fact that he's bald. He is so, so frustrated right now with the fact that the Nuggets are just making so many careless turnovers. They're traveling like crazy making passes that should never be made, and they need to clean that up. They had 24 turnovers in Game 1, 24 turnovers in Game 2, and 23 turnovers against the Suns in Game 3. So it, it, somehow, some way, the Nuggets need to clean it up. And if they don't, and they go into the pre- go into the regular season as a turnover-prone team, it is going to take away a lot from what makes them so great. That's everything. Thank you guys for sticking around. It's always great talking. Please leave um, a review. Please subscribe to this podcast. The Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast is on all podcast listening platforms. And if it happens to not be on the one you use, please reach out to me and I will make sure it ends up on there. This podcast is only going to keep growing thanks to the Blue Wire podcast network that I am now working with who are all great guys. We're going to continually build this podcast into better and better things and we will be here with you all nugget season long. So make sure you Subscribe to the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. Tell your friends about it. Leave a five-star review. Leave a comment. Reach out to me on Twitter. Reach out to me on Instagram. Um, I'm at TJ McBride MBA on Instagram on Twitter, and I am TJ underscore McBride MBA on Instagram. So if anybody wants to reach out to talk about anything, I am around as much as I possibly can be. But thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back tomorrow with a show to talk about some other things. Not sure quite yet. Roger quite what I'm going to talk about yet. Probably a lot to do with the small forward battle, but we will talk about that tomorrow. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet, with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is 
terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com.